The Meddlesome Meeples present The Quest Report with Matt and Richard. And on this episode of The Quest Report, we're going to be talking about Tragedy Looper. Now, Tragedy Looper was a 2001 game originally released in Japanese only, and then in 2014... Z-Man Games released it to the international audience with an English language copy. So, this is a game all about hidden roles, investigation, movement, and time travel. Now, it describes itself as one of those Groundhog Day type games where the same events keep happening over and over. The the objective of this is uh, the protagonists, who are trying to work out the roles of the various characters on the board and they do this by observing incidents and mm. the effects that happen they're trying to stop tragic incidents from happening mm. you know by playing cards to move people to different locations and all sorts of things like that so players are divided into two groups the protagonist mm-hmm. and the evil mastermind so at this yeah. point i want to see what the evil mastermind thinks well, it was fun being an evil mastermind. That's the main <laughs> thing about it. I mean, you, With his evil plans. Because you asked me earlier on if I wanted to be the protagonist or the evil mastermind, and that's, that's the one I chose. Yeah, when it's kind of like being a, a GM kind of thing. Yeah. So the tragedies are going to happen. You were right saying you're trying to prevent the tragedies happening, but mm. you know you can't do it. All you can do is watch what happens and then try to learn from it. Mm. And then when you loop back and we start the same events again, and you'll be, to tr- be able to try something different and mm. see... And like, that's where you're doing, trying to stop the tragedies, because on the first loop, you're just trying to figure out what's going on, aren't you, really? Yeah. You too. Mm. It's when you go back that you can use that knowledge to think, OK, well, this happened this time, yeah. so maybe this person's a killer, this person's a victim, this person's the key mm. person, and you're trying to work it out and eventually stop you know, the key person yeah. at least from dying, aren't you? Yeah, at least in that first scenario that we tried yeah there was a key person it became obvious who it was anyway <laughs> i don't want to do spoilers but the way it was set up it makes it very easy for the antagonist or the evil overlord to actually like set up the scenario and to be able to control the characters i think ordinarily in other scenarios you'd be left on your own a little bit you just have to really know what you were doing but in this one, it told me exactly where to move the cards mm. on the first move. And that really helped. Because what actually happened was, I just moved one character to another location. It turned out that she was there with the serial killer. So you didn't know that this other character was a serial killer at that point. Mm-hmm. So then, this key person died at the end of that round. Or the end of that turn. Then we looped. So normally when a mm. character dies, it's not the, it's not the end of that loop. Yeah, the loop was meant to last four days, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a four-day loop. So we were on the first day, and then on the night of that day, this character got killed, and then we looped. And that told you that that character was the key character. And who, that the other person was the serial killer. Yes, yeah, so and you knew two roles straight away. Because you've got uh, this little sheet that you get with the game, and in that, it tells you some of the different roles, mm-hmm. some of the different effects that are going to happen. So under serial killer, it says mandatory, day end, exactly one other character in this location, and that's the requirement to trigger that ability yeah that character that character dies so you can look at this and think okay well this person must be this person or could be this person because they've exhibited that ability in yeah. that situation mm. and so that you've got that to assist you and of course in the script that we played as you were saying it tells you what to do but then with later scripts it tells you 
what the roles are and who yeah. the characters are and then you as the evil mastermind will get to assign characters yeah. to those roles yeah you get to actually uh, decide what they do as well and it did get more difficult actually it was only mm. that first move that it told you exactly what to do then for subsequent loops and different days in mm. that loop it just gave you guidelines of what strategy to use mm. But it was very dependent on what the players had done. Because yeah. obviously Matt and Heather were being the protagonists and they were trying to stop these people from dying. So <laughs> they were kind of moving Badly. around. <laughs> well, only a few of them died, didn't they? Um, most of the time it went all right. But yeah, so one of the roles was the serial killer. And that became very apparent when she killed somebody. But <laughs> one of the other things was after the end of one of the days, some of the characters got these paranoia tokens. So, I mean, I could put paranoia tokens onto characters and that would kind of activate whatever their role was. Mm. So some of them could do a certain move because of their secret role, but they had to have enough paranoia tokens to do it. Um, So I could assign them. But sometimes during the night or the day end, some of the characters would get another token because of their roles now the one that this was happening to was the conspiracy theorist Mm. so i think there were some people that were in the school wasn't it there was the boy student and the police yeah the police officer hung out in the school most of the time which yeah yeah and it made the boy student and girl student uneasy (laughs) because they they got the paranoia tokens so all i could do was say like they are feeling a bit uneasy And you I didn't have to on. put them on the conspiracy theorist, did you? You could put them on people around the conspiracy yeah, theorist. Yeah, if somebody it in that location yeah. would get one. Because he's either getting paranoid himself or he's talking about conspiracies to people and making them paranoid. So that's why that worked. And as the mastermind as well, you can put certain, you can put some of those tokens on some of the locations as well as people, can't you? Yeah. And then that can trigger incidents as well to, that ha- then happen to everybody in those locations. Yeah, I did that sometimes, but... I realised afterwards there wasn't any reason to do that in our particular Mm. scenario. One of them was because we had scheduled events that could happen, Mm. weren't there? Incidents. Because the idea is that they're looping through the same few days every Mm. time. They would know that there's scheduled to be several incidents on those days. So on day two, there was going to be a murder, wasn't it? On day three, there was going to be a suicide. suicide. This is the kind of game this is. So, (laughs) (laughs) Mastermind Handbook, which... I wish you had that for like real life. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it told me that I would have to tell them that, as you know, there is a murder scheduled for today, but it didn't happen. So then they would know that something mm. they had done had prevented this murder from happening. Mm. Or I could have said it almost happened, but then it didn't. Mm. And that would mean that the conditions were for most of the conditions were fulfilled apart from one so they would know whether they're getting close or or not it was similar with the uh the suicide one on day three that was the key character actually so in the book it like it's sometimes said for my strategy was to try and put more paranoia tokens on her so that she suicides and it just felt mean (laughs) i still tried to do it but uh, She didn't. There wasn't actually any suicide, though, was there? No, time. no. We prevented um, the suicide. There's only the um, three possible loops. There's only three loops on the first scenario. So yeah. that first one just lasted one round, and it's suddenly like, oh, it's over already. Yeah. It, that was weird. And there can be more loops on on, on other scenarios, yeah, and there are, so. you can have a, you know different amounts of days per loop on mm. each scenario. So that's quite variance uh, variable. Uh, so, but basically, the the game comes down to trying to work out what the hidden roles are, and and trying to yeah. make sure that. 
people are are in certain locations, so they're not going to be killed by the serial killer, and you yeah, know, and yeah, make, and removing paranoia from people so things aren't mm. triggered. I mean, this is a game that actually I really enjoyed playing. I did. Uh, it was a lot of brain power for me. It, it made me quite tired having to think about yeah. it all. But then I was being the evil mastermind. The evil mastermind. And it's tiring to be an evil mastermind. I mean, there's yeah, a reason Emperor Palpatine looks so rough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was playing from the player's handbook. So, obviously, I didn't have the access to the same information that Richard had during during this. Just as, like, you, you know, a player wouldn't have access to the GM's information. But I did have things from this that I could look out for and I, I could work out from here on the back of my book I had a turn summary so I knew what was happening this this is a game that as I say I, I enjoyed I like games where you're trying to identify hidden roles and things like that I actually I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I prefer this game to time stories which is a much better known game involving time travel travel and looping and things like that I just want to say why I prefer it to time stories it's entirely down to the mastermind. Not Richard specifically, but say, the concept... I've done such a good job, it makes you prefer this one. It's the concept of the mastermind. You know, I like full co-op mm-hmm. uh, for games like this, but I think that Time Stories suffers because there's no variance in it. You, you've, right, as you go yeah. through the stories, you, if you turn over the same card, the same thing's going to happen every time. You know, Yes, there are things in Time Stories that I like that aren't in here, um, like the you know the the combat the dice rolls the fact you actually have a character you're playing in this it's quite unusual because you're the protagonist but you don't have a character there's nothing to represent you specifically yeah. on the board. It was a while after I was reading the the book that I suddenly realised that because yeah. I tended to think the protagonists were the characters but yeah I, realized, I thought no, that it, would be one of them. The protagonists are Matt and Heather, and yeah. they're sitting at the table doing this. Yeah. So, so kind of like you're—it's almost like you're the evil mastermind trying to make these things happen, and we're the good masterminds trying to trying to stop it. Yeah. We didn't classify ourselves as masterminds, though. <laughs> nothing, nothing classified us that well, way. Well, you were trying to be friends with these yeah. characters, weren't you? So, so we were putting goodwill tokens on and moving them around, trying to mm. keep them alive, which makes us the good guys. Yeah, you're definitely better than me on that. I think. But it's it's less immersive in a way than Time Stories because you're not going, oh, this is my character and this is what my character's doing. Mm. You're, just like the Eva Mastermind, you're in the background pulling strings and trying to manoeuvre events in a certain way. Even so, I still prefer it to time stories because you've got those variables. So as Richard was saying, you know, even in the first scenario, it gives you starting information, but then after that, it's down to the mastermind to make things happen and and to manoeuvre events. Whereas with time stories, you do the same thing, you get the same result. Right. In this, you do the same thing. The mastermind is going to do something different. Hmm. So you've got that variation. It's got a lot more replayability because of that. And in the basic box, in the core box, you get 10 scripts, don't you? Yes. So you've got de- 10 different scenarios. It teaches you to make your own scenarios, your own scripts. That we you were talking about that do. afterwards. Yeah. yeah, we thought all you really need to do is pick some characters out of the character cards and then assign them some roles. And the, uh, the mastermind writes them down. Mm. And that's it. You've you've made your own scenario basically. So. Yeah. And you can mix up the scenarios so much themselves. So, got a huge amount of replayability. Time stories cost more than Tragedy Looper, and comes with one scenario in it. And then each other expansion costs almost as much as this base game. What, so now, you can only play it once. Time stories basically. You, people play it more than once because the idea is is that each loop you learn more information. And you go back and you redo it again from certain from a certain yeah, point. Yeah, okay. I can't be bothered to do that, and that, and that is because of it is 
going through the same steps, mm. pretty much. Yes, you can make certain different decisions, but so much of what you're going to be doing, you've already done in the first playthrough. It should be called Time Story. It feels a bit too repetitive. And as I say, mm. there's no variation. I like the full co-op. I like the puzzles. You know, it's got some interesting combat mechanics. But overall, you get a lot more game with Tragedy Looper than you do with Time Stories. Um, and in addition, as I say to these, there are two expansions, each giving you more scenarios... I mean, there's more scripts in this right now than there are for the entire Time Stories with expansions. Right. And this is one expansion for it. I'm not saying I dislike Time Stories. I just Mm. think that this uh, does that idea of travelling back in time and trying to correct things a little bit better. But the way the game's played and everything is very, very different. Because obviously with Time Stories, you've got your set of cards that make out the location and you're moving your guy to certain parts of that. But... I do think, personally, I rate this game higher than I'd rate Time Stories. And we even played it wrong. Yeah. Even though it's less immersive as well than Time Stories because you don't have your own guy. Yeah, I was just going to talk about how, because there was only, there was three of us playing, we should have used the extra deck um, so that there's always the same amount of protagonist cards going down. So, basically, the Mastermind gets to put three cards down and then the protagonists get to put three down. One um, one per protagonist, isn't it? Yeah, one per protagonist. But like whoever's the leader that time, if there's only two of you, then they get to use the extra deck. So yeah. really, those guys should have been able to be doing more moves. Mm. And I think it would have been a very different game if you'd been able to do that because you it took you all your time to kind of avert the tragedies, mm. whereas they could have been putting more goodwill tokens on mm. the characters' cards, which basically represents them making friends with them. Mm. And then when they've got the right amount of them, they can ask that character to use their ability. That might just help them find out who some of the roles are. One of the reasons is that, and the mastermind would have to be on his toes for this, some of the secret roles would prevent them from using their ability. Yeah. Like, if they're a conspiracy theorist, then they, they won't do a certain thing because, you know, they're too paranoid. Or if they are a serial killer, then they won't do other things. So, you know, it's pretty obvious, really. Once they declare that they're going to ask the character to use a thing, it has to be the mastermind that actually puts the tokens on everywhere. And it didn't matter too much in our game, but I think in other games that could really make a big difference because you can't have the characters just saying, oh, I'll use this ability, because... The characters can just say, well, the protagonist can say, I want to use that ability, and the mastermind will then do it. And it just makes him more likely mm. to think, actually, they're not allowed to do that. <laughs> they don't know why. I just and have if, to say they can't. <laughs> yeah, and you can't say why, can you? You just That's have to say, about oh, it, yeah. this character's brain roll prevents you from doing this or something. You just say, no, it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen. That doesn't yeah, happen. Crickets. Yeah. You get a cricket sound. <laughs> <laughs> so... For me, I I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed the way it, it played, the way it flowed. Love the artwork and the art style, but I, I like anime art anyway. Richard, final thoughts on the game? It very much seemed like one that I would want to play again. I mean, not that one time, but I thought I would love to play it as, as one of the protagonists mm. as well. Maybe with uh, either you or Heather being the, the mastermind. Because, I mean, once you because you guys have had the chance to play it one time anyway, mm. so you kind of know a bit more how it works. I think it's one that will get easier as we go along, and then we'll be able to be concentrating more on what the characters actually are, what's going on, rather than mm. how to play the game. Mm. So for me, I did enjoy it at the time, but it seemed more like it has potential rather than... Uh, I think it's 
potentially could be far better than that first time that we played it. So. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, those were our, our thoughts on the game. I'm recommending this above Time Stories for the reasons I've mentioned. Hopefully you'll be able to check this one out yourself. Tragedy Looper from Z-Man Games. Thank you. Farewell, Questa. To find out about other productions by the Middlesome Meeples, then check out our channel or rendezvous with us at middlesomemeeples.com. Until next time, Questa, farewell and keep thine axe sharp.